Psalm 27, and we'll read the whole psalm beginning at verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is a stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war breaks out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask in the Lord, and this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord, to seek Him in His temple. For in the day of trouble He will keep me safe in His dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of His sacred tent and set me upon a rock. And then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent I will sacrifice with shouts of joy and I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Don't reject me or forsake me, God my Savior. Though my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. And I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Thanks be to God for his word. Lewis and Clark were two American explorers who were commissioned by President Thomas Jefferson to explore the newly acquired territory of the western United States in the early 1800s. They were to leave the eastern side of the states in a canoe and then travel down the waterway toward the Pacific Ocean. Now anybody who has traveled on land from east to west knows what you come up against. You come up against the mountains. So here they were in their canoe, expecting a reasonably flat terrain. And they realized that they needed to adapt. They realized how much courage was required for this trip. There is a group in our church that's uh, reading and studying and journeying through a book on the adventures of Lewis and Clark. And this book is actually titled Canoeing the Mountains, Christian Leadership in Uncharted Territory. This book uses the analogy of Lewis and Clark to remind us that sometimes it seems that we're set on a journey uh, through a peaceful waterway, but there may be rapids, and there could even be mountains, and perhaps other gigantic obstacles. So what's next in our journey of life? What's next in the journey that we call the church? How do we canoe something that does not appear canoeable? I think it's safe to assume that we don't always know what's next. And sometimes life's journeys will take us off the map. And sometimes there's not clear instructions or directions. And far too often, though, we want to walk away from obstacles. We want to walk away from the hard stuff. Because we just don't know We just don't want to deal with it. Or we don't know how to deal with it. We think we can't deal with it. But courage 
is acting on things even in the midst of confusion and fear. So we can go down a path of unknowns. We can still lead with confidence and courage. And thankfully, God not only goes with us, but he has gone ahead of us. So we continue our Walking by Faith series. And for those who are visiting with us, who've joined us for the first time in this series, we've been talking about four core biblical values. We've heard about integrity. We've heard about authenticity and love. And now today we're talking about not fear, but we're talking about courage. And love, authenticity, integrity, and courage, they are all so linked closely together. If you're interested in any of the previous sermons, you can just find them on the webpage. But this morning, we're focusing on Psalm 27. That's what we've read from. And as mentioned, it's a psalm of David. And it was likely written before David was king. So in this psalm, young David, he's young, he expressed his fears. And it's an authentic psalm about the struggles and fears and anxieties that plague David. And he talks about the obstacles. He talks about the mountains that are before him. Now David is not so much using the word courage. In this psalm, you probably heard the word fear come up quite a bit. In the first few verses, Psalm 27, the first, four, the first six verses, David refers to fear of circumstances. That there are people against him. And one such person that was against him was King Saul, who was threatening David's leadership. And David has been surrounded by all these enemies. Verse 6. In fact, he might even end up going to war. We're reminded of the story of David and Goliath. And there will be days that that he will be filled with trouble. He says that in verse 5. And it's not a matter of if these things will happen. It's a matter of when will these things happen. Trouble and terrifying circumstances are inevitable. Obstacles will have gotten in his way of the journey. And this psalm deals with the reality that there is struggles, there is suffering in life. Adversity and troubles in life will strike because there are enemies out there. There are enemies with weapons out there. And it doesn't matter what our present reality and present life circumstances are, You could probably guarantee whether you're a leader, whether you're a follower, we will come up against mountains as we strive to get where God desires us to be in our personal journey, in our corporate journey. Fear of circumstances. Then David goes on in verses 7 and 10 to talk about the fear of failure. Now, fear of failure, I mean, nobody really wants to fail. You don't intend to fail. So fear of failure can be an obstacle in anybody's journey. And in verse 9 we read, Don't reject me or forsake me, O God, my Savior. And the question is asked, God, Is God going to reject me? Is God going to forsake me? And then in verse 10 we read, Though my father and mother forsake me, will my parents be ashamed of me? David's parents did not forsake him, but the fear of failure, the fear of not pleasing them or not pleasing God was there. And fear of failures, fear of failure rather, can prevent us from doing what God desires of us. 
And then in verses 11 to 14, God, or rather David, refers to the future. And you've got to wonder, I think we all wonder, what does the future hold? Should I fear for tomorrow? What will happen to me? What will tomorrow bring? The, the future itself can be an obstacle that's before us. Because none of us has a crystal ball that we can see into the future. And that's probably a good thing. And yet, we are people who get anxious for the future. Because what's around the next quarter? People are, few, are fearful what tomorrow might bring or not bring. And fear will prevent us from living a life of courage. So fear of circumstances, fear of failure, fear of the future, fear of you fill in the blank. What are you afraid of? What fears have become obstacles for you? For you living out God's will for your life. Now I think we can probably all admit that there are times that fear is a good thing. It prevents us from doing something that we're not supposed to do. Fear can be protective. And that's good. But too often, fear works against us and works against God's kingdom when it prevents us from things that we're supposed to do and we choose not to. The enemy will use our fear for his benefit. The devil will tell us these little lies. And it's easy to be quickly consumed with fear. It's so easy to allow fear to set the course of our life, to allow fear to set the agenda for our decisions or lack of decisions. You see, fear far too often immobilizes people. It disempowers people. It prevents people from living out their God-given potential. Fear paralyzes people from living out what God intended for his people. Fear often causes us to procrastinate. Just think about it for a moment. When, when sometimes you procrastinate, why is that happening? Fear causes us to miss out on God's best for us. Fear prevents us from allowing God's Spirit to transform our hearts, to transform our minds for His mission. Fear could easily hinder our spiritual growth. And fear could easily hinder the growth of Christ's church. Look at Genesis 3. Back at Genesis 3. God created a perfect world, created Adam and Eve. And then Adam and Eve fell into sin. Their new instinct, as soon as they disobeyed God, their new instinct was to walk away, to hide from God. We often say, well, we don't know what's going to happen, so we run. We hightail it out of here. But let's look at courage. And as we look at courage this morning, don't look at courage as the opposite of fear. Rather, look at courage as doing something in spite of fear. Courage is acting on something and sometimes doing it scared. Simple example, roller coasters. We all know about roller coasters or wild amusement rides that some people will just go on with no problem, without any fears. Others may hesitate somewhat to ride a roller coaster, but then their, the peer pressure kicks in and they can be persuaded to go on the roller coaster. And those hesitant to go on the roller coaster will likely still ride the roller coaster with some fear. 
However, you've got to admit they have courage because otherwise they would have stayed off the roller coaster altogether. So you can still have courage with fear being present. So Psalm 27, David refers to the fears in life. And so on the one hand, he's talking about the many fears. But on the other hand, what is even talked about more in this psalm is trust and confidence in God. God gives us the courage to go on in spite of fear. Gloria was uh, this lady who was rough around the edges. And she used regular swear words in her everyday language. She drank a lot. She had a hard life. And she still had courage. One day, the Spirit of God working in her prompted her to walk into church doors in New York City. And she made connections and she made relationships with some of the people. And she then became part of a small group. Nevertheless, Gloria still didn't care what people thought of her, and she often let people know what she thought of them. Being in this small group and studying Scripture, there were times that Gloria would raise her voice and express what everyone else was thinking but scared to speak. And she'd ask, like, what the heck is this Scripture passage saying? She would bluntly ask that question. After three months in the group, Gloria was diagnosed with this fast-acting type of ovarian cancer. But she also said thanks to the group and to God for such a strong faith that she had. And she was going to fight this cancer. For 10 years, she fought this cancer, surgery after surgery. And she told people that surgeries were part of her personal weight loss program. You just keep removing body parts and adding scars. Her pastor asked her one time what she thinks about when she continually goes through those operating doors. She replied that she's still afraid, but that before the surgeries, she writes Bible verses on a piece of paper, and she holds on to those pieces of paper as she goes in for surgery. She expressed how she writes Bible verses from Psalm 27. The Lord is my light. He is my salvation. Whom shall I fear? We read that in verse 1. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. We read that in verse 4. She had fear, but she also had courage. And we can allow fears to be obstacles in our journey. In fact, fears can become mountains. Or we can allow God to take the controls, to allow His Spirit to comfort and encourage us. Because as we read, God is our light. God is our salvation. He is our stronghold. And these are statements of confidence and trust and courage Maybe we still run for cover. But we don't need to run. We don't need to hide. Because God is in control. You see, light dispels any darkness. So we said that God is our light. We heard the words from that psalm this morning. When God is our light, there is no darkness. The darkness encourages our fears. And what happens? We could kind of just be paralyzed. But light gives clarity to the situation. Light gives direction. Light gives life to things. And light provides courage in the midst of fear. And we don't understand fully what the next day will bring, but we do understand who is in control of the next day. 
So put your trust in Jesus, who is your light. John 8, verse 12, Jesus spoke, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. No reason to fear Satan. No reason to fear our enemies. The Lord is our salvation. Salvation implies victory. Salvation means that there is deliverance. Salvation also has to do with life. Israel sang, God is my salvation. They sang these words when they were delivered from the Egyptians and they were traveling through the Red Sea. Did they know exactly what the wilderness wandering was to bring them? No. The Lord is their salvation. He is their victory. Again, you can have courage because the victory is a sure thing. And God is our stronghold. That means safety. He's our refuge and our strength. We are weak. We are sinners, and we allow fear to consume us sometimes, and we allow our weaknesses to take control. But 2 Corinthians 12, 9, Jesus says to Paul, my power is made perfect in your weakness. There's no need to fear. Or when you do, allow the Holy Spirit of Jesus to use you and to see his power at work in your life. Courage is acting on whatever we're supposed to act on and sometimes doing it scared. And always knowing that God is with us and that he will take the obstacles of our weaknesses, our failures, our circumstances, our future, our fears, and his grace and his power will be made perfect. God is our light. He is our salvation. He is our stronghold. And through the power of Jesus in us, we are able to move courageously forward even with fear. Friends, we're even... We are able to do this when we gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. We're able to do this when we seek the Lord. We're able to do this when we wait for the Lord. God's grace is given to King David. And we have God's grace given to us. We have been given God's grace through forgiveness of all our sins. Emery and Rachel were provided God's amazing grace. They were provided his promises, assurance that God is in control of their lives already. You know, I, I, church is, I said it before, it's necessary for church to have adult baptisms. I love adult baptisms, but infant baptisms, you've got to admit, are so powerful, so beautiful. Because children receiving the promises of God, not understanding a thing, and God's amazing grace is still abounding in their lives. We continue to see God's grace. We continue to have God's grace through Him being in control. We don't always have clarity on everything. David has to wait. David has to be patient. David has to seek and wait on the Lord, as do we. And it's necessary that we look beyond life circumstances and beyond any fears that we have and that we continually look toward God in hope. And we do this in courage. We do this seeking God, waiting on Him. Seeking God allows us to courageously journey on, even when we're naturally scared. Waiting upon the Lord allows us to stop and to seek God and realize that there is nothing too big for our God to handle. That there's nothing that could possibly prevent us from moving on. 
Ephesians 3.20 states that our God is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine through his power that is at work within us. Yes, it's his power. But he is using his power to, to transform us, to transform his people, to transform his church. And remember what his power did. Because Jesus was sent to the cross. He was sent to the cross for the forgiveness of all our sins, for the forgiveness of Emery and Rachel's sins. He was sent to the cross for my sins, for your sins. He died, and he rose again from the dead. He conquered death. That same power that rose Jesus Christ from the dead is the same power that is at work in each of us. Seek him. Wait on him. Rely on his power. Have courage. While seeking and waiting, we might realize that sometimes the Lord calms the storm, but sometimes God lets the storm rage, and instead he calms his child. To follow Christ requires courage. And what often stands in the way of our spiritual growth is not that we lack knowledge, but that we lack courage. So don't wait till all your fears are gone. But be obedient to God even when we're scared, seeking Him, knowing that He is with us, that He is in control. And whatever circumstances are before you, whatever fear of failure is present in your life, whatever obstacle or mountain is in your way, where is God calling you to have courage and to take action? in your life, in the life of the church? Where is God calling you to seek Him and to wait upon Him on your journey of life? Amen. Let's pray. God Almighty, our light, our strength, our hope, And our salvation is in you. And you alone are our Savior. You alone are our rock and shield. You are always with us. And as we go through our journey called life, we are all at a certain place in our journey. And yet you call us to be transformed. You call us to be transformed more and more into your likeness. You desire us to get to where you call us. You call us forward as a church, not to be in the same place, but to move forward to your calling and to your design. And through any journey, whether in our life or whether in the mission of the church, there could be very well mountains and obstacles before us. The river's not always smooth. Canoes tip. But you are with us. And you call us to go with courage. Perhaps you call us to do whatever we need to do, being scared. But you also call us to rely on you and to seek your face. We praise you, Lord that you are in control. We praise you for your love, for your amazing grace, for your Son, Jesus Christ, in whom we pray. Amen.